Hi, you guys. Um, it is Betsy Beers again. I'm executive producer of Scandal. This is the official Scandal podcast, Scandal Revealed. So just remember, if you're listening to those scary bootleg Scandal podcasts that you got out of the back of somebody's Datsun, don't listen to them anymore. Turn them into the police or whoever you turn in bootleg podcasts to. Um, I'm really happy to be here because I have two phenomenal women with me today, and it's like... I've gotten to talk to them both separately, but they very kindly donated their, their time and their patience to come sit with me in my slightly <laughs> overheated office. The uh, lovely Bellamy Young, who, as you all know, plays Melly, um, and um, also the amazing Darby Stanchfield, who we all know plays Abby. And um, they're here today, partially because we thought it was really fun because they never get to act together. Yeah. So you guys never get to actually listen to them interact, and it's phenomenally entertaining. <laughs> um, I'm going to describe what they're wearing, as I normally do. Bellamy is wearing a lovely, soft, kind of nummy, mm. cowl neck, white, sort of cashmere sweater, which looks lovely. It is beautiful, Bellamy. And can I say that she's really set it off with a lovely pair of very plain gold earrings, just yeah, for the sure. record? You may say. And um, Darby's beautiful. always as beautifully attired in this, something she's actually owned that I've tried to steal from her, except it only goes up my ankle. <laughs> and it's this really gorgeous, like, velvet jacket with buttons. And she, it's, it's all a kind of ta- tawny mushroom color, oh, which yeah. is really nice. Tawny mushroom, I like that. Oh, it's really, yeah. it's a kind of nice. You just made me hungry. Ta- <laughs> you know, right? Like, and last yes. time you heard, all we did was talk about salads, uh, yes. I remember exactly. Food. And um, I just got back from England because I was able to promote Yes. The fabulous scandals to some gladiators over in Angleterre across the pond, which was super exciting. So I'm wearing a Beefeaters costume today. <laughs> yes, you are. As an and honor. The cap. Amazing. And the miner's cap, miners. exactly. Oh, sure. I go sure. very well with the red, and yeah. it's, it's, it's actually working really well for me. And I'm just going to say that both um, the fine programming, Grey's Anatomy, and Scandal seem to be doing well in England and the UK. Yay. And okay. we thank all of our um, UK gladiators. Yes, UK our international oh. gladiators. For being so supportive. And I know you guys, most of you have not seen season two yet, but that will be coming up. And it's, <gasps> it's ridiculous. super exciting. It's so fun. I know, exactly. It gets better and better. Exactly. So you guys, you never actually really have ever even vaguely crossed paths, basically. We did once in a flashback episode. Once. We were campaigning, and it was the episode that we had Tony's father. That's right. By the That's right. You were giving it, input yeah. and information, and, and he was yes. saying, fire their asses. The team were in our, mm-hmm. yeah. We were all at the same table at some point, and I Which remember. Was yeah, it was. I remember Huck was, you know, he was homeless, so yeah. I could hardly see him through his mob of hair. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and um, But looking across the table at Cyrus and Verna and um, Hollis, yeah. And you, and um, I had to k- remind myself that I wasn't actually watching Scandal at that moment. That I was <laughs> in a scene, and that, that we weren't, yeah, that we weren't like, in a table read. Yes, because we always uh, we, we, we tend to take sides at the table reads too. Yes, like, we do. OPA's on one side, and the White House is on the White other. House it sort of happened yeah. organically. It started happening organically, and then Shonda really took a liking to the fact that we had teams kind oh. of on the side too. Yes. Because don't you remember, like two weeks ago, we had a table read and. Oh, I was Somebody the cause. sat on the wrong Me. Side. I went to go sit next to Josh Molina because I felt like for that particular episode, it, it might was, be. It might, it might be good because there, <laughs> there were body yeah, parts there were involved. Some <laughs> <laughs> body parts are flying. Body parts, body parts, parts, they're flying. So I thought, you know, perhaps that would be the, you know, the methody thing to do. But. A shutdown. It, it, she was like, why are you guys sitting over there? And I said, I want to sit next to Josh Molina. She's like, oh, that's really fine. That's great. But you guys need to sit over here with the gladiators. So, yeah. and, and Josh actually moved over to the Gladiators yes. because, as we all know, Josh has been spending a lot of time recently yeah. at a... And do you notice he he's didn't been move been loitering. 
Good point. Uh-huh. He didn't move back. So these are the sorts of politics that um, if you kept <laughs> your eye on the fascinating world of the table reads, you would, you, you guys would You know. would love the table reads. The table reads are a riot. They're so, really, uh, if they're we really could, fun. If we, if we were not just the entire spoiler, if it were not an hour of spoiler, we would tape those things and let you watch them because yes. they are a ball. It's so totally true. So Random AX at Atresha from Texas, it looks like, says, what's the appeal of David Rosen to Abby? I think the biggest appeal is he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. He is the good guy, and he's the first good guy that I mean, she hasn't had a lot of experience with good guys. And <clears throat> I think them getting together was kind of an accident. And clearly, there's something about him that you know lights her fire. I mean, they they have mad chemistry. Mad chemistry. So there's always that. That's always uh, yeah, it's added, mad chemistry. Added frosting to the cake, wow. the David Rosen cake. I usually put on my my wish list more shower scenes. <laughs> I do. From both of you, actually, by the way. It's just, I'm... I have my 17 pairs of underwear ready. Do you... <laughs> I do. Dan, you them on. I was pasted from here to Iowa. You were, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. America, enjoy that. Because that's, that's actually an amazing thing. Um, do you, I mean, because it's funny, because I do actually really, really love all that stuff. I mean, I think, I think the shower scenes are always really great, because they're always really vulnerable and sexy, and, and everything, yeah, and everything. Yeah. yeah. But you've had a couple of sort of mm. hot and bothers recently. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Uh, Abby and David are they're busy, very busy. <laughs> there have been fans who've been asking like, why isn't Abby baking anymore? When are we gonna see you know like the next pile of scones or whatever? And I'm like, Abby's busy. She's getting laid. <laughs> She's got a she new has hobby. A hobby. It's she, David she has, exactly. It's awesome. She doesn't. She she just bakes sort of herself with. Um, Angel Tate at McKenna's place too also says. Hey, Bellamy, how freaked out was your mom about your shower scenes? <laughs> and that would probably, the same would go for you as in terms of your family. How do you deal with the, did, did, how do they deal with the steamy stuff? I've had this conversation with Tony mm. And, mm. and his daughter, actually. Yes, too. exactly. Wow. Whose great comment is, ew. 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 <laughs> yes, ew. I was really worried, I have to say. I, I warned my mother about it all and expected um, Armageddon, but she was so supportive and the first one to point out, because I'd never done anything like that before, and she was the first person to point out that I was in the best hands of all time, and if ever I were going to you know, take that leap and do that thing, that this was uh, the safest arena ever, and she was right. She was really far more solid about it than I was. You know, I, I did a shower scene few years ago for an herbal essence, you know, those orgasm shampoo commercial spots. So after them seeing that on TV, really, they're prepared for anything. They really Ah, are. Yeah, Yeah. they really, you know, everything else is just kind of... I can actually just imagine, because I remember those commercials, and I didn't actually know that was you. And I can hear gladiators everywhere (laughs) typing, typing. I hear Googling happening right now. Herbal essence. Um, Also, just as a side note, one of the things at Shondaland that we feel really strongly about just as a thing, which is... We never want to make anybody do anything that they're uncomfortable doing. So one of the things on all of our shows consistently we've always said is we try to make whatever the the storyline demands as comfortable as possible and they're comfortable Oh, Betsy, yeah, you guys are great about closing the set to visitors and also giving us, like, time. It seems like it's never like, oh, you're doing a naked scene tomorrow. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, we get at least seven to ten days (laughs) to sort of prepare and just juice fast time. (laughs) They're juice fast. I got to say, on this show, there's been this random... I like seeing after the table reads because very often, somewhat before that, we'll say, "Okay, guess what's coming up for you?" <laughs> and it's it's a totally uh, it, it's across the board, men and women. 
You know, so yes. there was the there was the <laughs> naked confrontation scene between Cyrus and James, where I watched Amber Katinsky with juice, you know, for five <laughs> yes. days. Yes. And then you know you'll be doing one, and I'll be like, "Who's got the juice this week?" Yes. So Whoever it's has kind the of juice be, sitting up in front. Exactly. Of them, oh yeah, Wendy should. But Shonda it. did say one of the most delightful things that I've ever heard a TV creator say about these naked scenes. She said, "You know, the guys they they can be naked because they can be naked." Because we like naked guys. But the women, like, you can wear whatever you want. Like, however as much or as right. little as you want to wear. That's right. Whatever you're comfortable with, that's what you. Sh- that's what I want you to do. Sometimes, like, limitations. Necessity. Mother of invention. Exactly breed creativity, Boom. I think. Boom. Okay, um, so Colleen Elmerose, 1475. What do you love most about your characters? Uh, I'd like to answer what I love most about... Bellamy's character. Oh, that is Ooh. such a great way to deal with the question. You I mean, so I, I could answer the question, mine, but I'd really love to talk about Bellamy's character more than mine right at this moment because um, I'm obsessed with the first lady on the show. Right. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite things about uh, Bellamy's performance of the first lady is I both love and hate her within one episode and sometimes within one scene. There was these layers of her, you know, eating other people for lunch easily, anybody in the White House, um, and being such a monster with such, which that smile. But then there are other moments, even within a scene, where you feel for the First Lady. There's these moments of vulnerability and you see that she's really human and has this kind of almost fragility around the president. And then and there, like, you get these peaks of, like, her wanting to be have his love or approval and it's heartbreaking yet at the same time I want to choke her so it's it's I mean just as a viewer it's so fun and I just love the um, multifaceted you know that you're not good or bad you're neither you're sort of everything what I love about Abby is that she sees everything right and she feels everything but she's so determined not to let you know that but you know because you have this like translucence so I feel everything you feel even when there's a a wall up and it's crushing and to know like it's amazing because we've had these we've gotten to know everybody's history right Mm -hmm. so to know everything that you're bringing to the moment that you're in and then to watch you walk through these moments they just crush me like that scene with you and Columbus outside and they had just gotten married and was it a fake marriage the trophy wife and they were dancing and and then you guys had the scene outside that literally broke my heart and that in a weird way ends up answering Tangela Ekhoff's question which was really about Bellamy this is like such a role of a lifetime how does it feel to be love-hated which is sort of (laughs) what we're talking about because that's a lot of what, and we've talked about this yeah. too. I know is that's a lot of the the really amazing thing about the characters. Like I, I super sympathize. We've said this before. I super sympathize with with Melly for so many reasons as being an incredibly strong, powerful woman who's been marginalized and mm-hmm. underestimated her whole life, and is sitting with somebody that she really desperately loves. Mm. Who, you know, she set this entire world up, and the one thing she couldn't control or have any say in his response. And that there's always a slightly bit of hopefulness with yes, Melanie that, that it's going to turn around. On. Like, oh, yes, that's and it's, it's like in that big room full of poo, there's going to be a pony. You know, yes, that. <laughs> Betsy, that's got to be the most brilliant thing you've ever said on but, a podcast. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, in it's, a it's, big room full of poo, there's got to be a pony. But there is always this endless sort of 
weird yes, optimism, optimism with Millie. At the same point... Somehow he's going to get over Olivia. Somehow the, the Fitz is going to get over He's going to wake up and realize yes. that you're the right thing. <laughs> At the so same sad. point, for Abby, it's a weird mm. way the opposite, which is she can't let herself hope. Mm-hmm. She can't let herself be optimistic. She can't mm-hmm. she can't go there because it's so painful the idea of being disappointed. Again. Again again. again, again. That and there's always but it's life and death for you. It's frailty. not just disappointment. It's like Exactly. Pain. Which is just mm-hmm. like I love watching and I think is <sighs> the levels of the relationships and the emotions for you guys is just it's like so great to, to watch. And Tangela, we watch you too. So yeah, we do. We and thank it. you, so Tangela. How does it feel to be love hated, Tangela? No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's actually no hate. You can do a YouTube video about that. <laughs> just a, just a lot of a lot of love. So thank you for the question. Thank you for uh, the videos. Yeah. Um, sincerely, CL at sincerely CL um, asked both of you guys, <laughs> what was your favorite scene to act so far? Do you guys have mm-hmm. moments that in your head you? You really, I mean, there's so many of them, but even one that pops up for either one of you guys that you feel was really Shonda notable. Shonda just gave me a rewrite for this last episode mm. that was like angels back? kissing me on the mouth. Like literally the writing was so beautiful. It was like a page long monologue. It's another like Melly on a tear, but not like, not just, it's never just angry or just screaming or just broken. It's so, it's a full life experience in the course of one monologue. And you know, I mean, you do theater and you hope you get to do monologues like that. But I just got, uh, I just got one in the last episode, which was 217, that I hope that you will enjoy because Lord that is knows pretty I amazing. did. I, I'm a little partial to um, scenes with Olivia Pope and Associates where we're all together and you know, there are moments where <clears throat> there was this one scene from season one where it's a very simple scene, but Olivia's like, are you guys in or are you out? Mm. And we each only had one word to say, and I say to her, over a cliff. cliff. And it was after, it was a, it was a fun episode where I, where I um, get in her face. You're the only one challenging her at mm-hmm. that point. Challenging her, saying you made the wrong call about the general. Um, the, yeah, the, the, the and dude his with wife. the wife. Yeah. Um, but the scene at the end where we're all together and... Um, just the spirit of Olivia Pope and Associates, the, the spirit of how she's taken in all these stray dogs. We're all sort of broken gladiators who gladiate for her and with her. Um, those are really fun, and we all get along so well in real life that it's, it's just effortless to act those scenes. and so fun. Mm. So special. Such a sweet mm-hmm. story. What's your favorite Melly outfit so far? Oh, I think fun. Nero Perla at Capri 906 wants Ooh, to know this. And I got to say, um, I want to know. <laughs> That's hard. There was one that you barely saw that I wore on uh, the plane when we were in the flashbacks during, um, oh, yeah. and it was this unbelievable, like peacock blue sort of 1950s coat like waistcoat and then this gorgeous sheath dress underneath it and I was wishing that we could re you know give it a new life I like that Melly is frugal and wears her clothes more than once um but she has a classic style yes it's true well I love that about Lynn Palo our designer our style our costume stylist on the show she really 
um, rotates our. I mean, we all wear our clothes more than once, like yeah. real people. Like, like real, real people. people. It's true. And, but we. But she does different combinations, yeah, yeah. and I love that. Now, what about you? I What's your favorite thing to wear? Because you know that I spend most of my time oh, really it's wishing the leather I could buy jackets. all your clothes. And yeah, nice I would say it's just in general all of the leather jackets. There's one long black trench coat. It's a Robert oh, yeah. Rodriguez. Oh. Yeah, it's Roberto Rodriguez. It's beautiful. It's just so fun. I mean, and I usually am putting it on and doing something really wild. Um, and, and it just really is, it's just such an Abbey coat. So now, Betty G at Gorbit 05 um, wants to know what makes Melly so driven? It's not Fetz. <laughs> and does Abby have feelings for David or is she just using him? That's a really, really good question. I don't think it's fully been answered. I think it's still being worked out. You know, uh, it, that reminds me of another question I saw on Twitter from our amazing gladiators, which is, you know, why did she stole the voting card? But so why is she more loyal to live than she is David? And I think um, it has to do with um, men have always let Abby down in her life, and she's always had a really hard time in the men department. But Olivia saved her out of a, a um, abusive marriage and. Olivia's always been there for her. So her loyalty to Olivia is so strong. And so then it answers this other question about is she is she using David or is she really love him? I think it's kind of both. I think that when she's had to use him for Olivia, she has. It breaks her heart too. Mm-hmm. But she also loves David. He's a good guy. And she fights against the fact that she loves him. And she's already been hurt by him a number of ways, both from the lies of um, him being a woman beater, which wasn't true. But then again, them breaking up, I um, I think Abby truly does love him, but it's it's really complicated. You know, it's interesting. I think that Abby shares something that Olivia says, uh, it's a couple of episodes ago when she's talking to Edison. Yeah. And they're talking about love, and Olivia says it should be painful and intense yes. and all this stuff. And I think what's interesting about Abby, too, which is I think the whole concept of a healthy love is not in her vocabulary no, or lexicon. No, she not what that looks like. So she's struggling and trying when I watch her to figure out what love is. Yeah. In and it's in the hap- it's when the moments have gotten too happy that the sabotage seems to happen, yeah. the self-sabotage. I think right? that's, that, sure. that's, that's absolutely the case. And what about for you, Belle? Betty, Betty, Betty. I got to say that um, uh, I think Melly was born driven. I really think it's in her genes. It's who she is. She was, she had a, she had a plan from, you know, she was the child that organized everybody else in the plays when they were children on the playground. You do this and you do that and you do the other thing. Exactly. President of her sorority, president of her honor society, like president of whatever she came into contact (laughs) with. And, you know, I just had sort of a thousand yard stare about, uh, you know, running the world one day. And, but, you know, as we so often tell ourselves, didn't, you know, because she's a woman thought, well, you know, I can do that by getting in the White House by marrying the right man. And um, I I think that's been part of the frustration, too, is she has these uh, dreams inside her and this uh, capability, Mm -hmm. but she's subjugating it to be, you know, right now to let him, trying to let him be the president, which she fails out miserably every now and again. It pops up that, you know, she thinks she knows better. Yeah, but, you know, I really think Melly could be president someday. Melly would be I'm just going to put it out that out there. She'd be great. I think Melly could. could She'd be great. She keeps threatening it, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. But I think absolutely. I think she would make some like huge mistakes in the first year out of sort of hubris. But then I really do think when she settled into knowing, I think she'd be uh, uh, kind of amazing as president. I also think she'd hire Cyrus. (laughs) Cyrus can be all. uh, uh, Let me think. Good question. It is a good question. He's so good. Do you think she'd hire Olivia is the question, too. <laughs> you know what I go. think? I think at the end of the day, she's a pragmatist <laughs> who knows that it takes a village. I and think that it takes I really the best do. village. She would surround herself with the best. I yeah. totally, I totally see. Olivia, Cyrus. See? Yeah. She does, she's not afraid of conflict. So we're starting yeah, a Millie for president campaign. <laughs> we are. Which is awesome. Um, Kids is going to make a beautiful first lady. I just gonna, I'm going to say <laughs> one more thing because I wanted your guys' input on this question. Perfectly imperfect at Kay Mullins 910, wants to know what happened to David Rosen's dog. David, well, Josh Molina says that Abby boiled it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only theory that I know floating around out there so far on record. I think he said it in the last podcast. He said, he said Abby boiled it. Abby boiled the dog. <laughs> Season one, he had a dog. They have, he had a he dog. He and Olivia have a scene. He's walking the he's dog. He's walking oh, the Olivia. dog. I pick, Olivia I pick brings the dog. coffee and he's suspicious. You pick the dog. I pick the dogs. Yeah. Actually, one of so my jobs really on happened? this show is the they show me the dogs and I get to pick the dogs. <laughs> the I have very few areas of special specialization. Um, <laughs> see, I always like to feel like David was too busy and he wasn't home enough, so he sent the dog back to his family's to live at his family's house. <gasps> yeah. But that's what I decided. Dance, Betsy, dance. What do you think? <laughs> I think he was just dog-sitting. It wasn't Ooh, his dog. Oh, he was dog yeah. sitting. This dog sitting. Yeah. I like that. I yeah. think that's genius, good, you guys. That's I think see? he's always yeah. been married to his job. I, him having a dog doesn't make any sense to no. me. No, yeah, exactly. Maybe that was wishful thinking on my part. Yeah. I wanted David Rosen to have a dog because yeah. I just, in my heart, everybody has a dog. Uh, now, the White House he's needs not a dog. Down I'll start that The White House does need a dog. We need well a dog. Well done. Well, that was someone, someone asked me that. We would be only the fifth family in the White House to not have a pet. So someone tweeted me that last Thursday night. And so I was educated. I wrote your name I down and I can't remember. that David was house-sitting for a dog that is Huck's next family. Oh. Oh, wow. That's a drive I that though. I really want to drive down. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get all the way on that turnpike. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for doing this. It's been so much fun thank that it's you. actually irritating. Thank I can't you, do this Betsy. all the time. Please remember that there's going to be a new episode of Scandal on very, very shortly. March 21st. (laughs) See, it's so great. March 21st, so everybody hang on. Please enjoy the reruns of Scandal because, as we always say, there's always something you missed the first time And the cast will be live tweeting the reruns. We will all be live tweeting Thursday and the following Thursday. We're live tweeting every Thursday. It's it's the reruns. It's all about the live tweeting. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to keep tuning in Scandal 10 o'clock. Thursday nights, ABC, and right before that, check out little show, Grey's Anatomy, nice doctors, good looking. Occasionally they make out and (laughs) have sex in on-call rooms, too. Um, That's at 9 o'clock on ABC. Um, I'm Betsy Beers. I'm executive producer of Scandal. This is Scandal Revealed. Thank you guys so much, and we will talk soon. 